I'm Sade. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 121 of Shades of Brown. Uh, and this week we have some video game stuff. We have a bunch of video game stuff to talk about, but we have two... We have one remaster to talk about, remaster re-release to talk about, and one remake to talk about. So it's it's a great week for uh, old games coming back. You know, uh, it's, it's a great week for companies um, essentially taking something old, rebranding it, and then reselling it. Yeah. So let, let's. I mean, it's not always so bad, but let's talk about. Let's start with uh, our our. This is get get your shades of brand bingo card and check Halo off it because we're going to talk about Halo for a bit. Uh, we got we got the release of the Halo uh, CE anniversary release on on the PC version of the Master Chief Collection, right? Uh, and this this one I've been waiting for a long a bit for a while because the as the last time I played Halo CE was the was the Xbox One multi uh, like MCC version uh, back when it came out, which essentially was a port of the 360. Um, Cyber Interactive remaster, which yep. so remasters over remasters over here. Um, so so I, I like this came out uh, earlier, like on on Tuesday, I believe, and like I've been playing. Uh, I started a new campaign, going through just playing all the levels. Uh, Pillar of Autumn, the Silent Cartographer, uh, the three four three Guilty Spark. I like it's 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 hard for me to kind of talk about this game in an objective sense because. There's so much uh, nostalgia involved for me for this this specific game because like this specific game was like the first uh, first FPS that I've ever played, right? So it, it's a lot of like the uh, like nostalgia and like the whenever the music really hits, and I'm like hell yeah uh, because the music is still extremely good. By the way, it's uh, I love all the music in it, uh, and still I love like all the lines like the the faux hammer and like Captain Keys and like uh, Cortana. Uh, so it's 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 good. I, I I'm like I finished three four three guilty spark and that level is still spooky as hell. The music in it just adds to the atmosphere. It's like like the flood is still a little bit scary for me. Uh, still annoying. But I, I know how to deal with them now. So it's not as like, it's not like when I was playing as a kid, I was like, oh, holy shit, what do I do? Uh, and like all the covenant, uh, weapons are useless, uh, against the flood. So you're like, okay, I gotta get a assault rifle and a shotgun. Uh, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's like my initial thoughts on it. But like I was looking at the, uh, digital foundry, uh, video on it, which is which I think is worth to watch. Uh, and it's like it compares like the versions from like the the OG versions from the Xbox days, right? Uh, and like the uh, and the like remastered version and how there are like a lot of these issues that were in the in the in the Gearbox port. Like the original Gearbox, which is which is the one that you played, correct? Like you never played the original Xbox one. You played like the compromised version of Halo. I'm look. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I don't think these are issues, but they are issues to not to me though, because like for me, for me, my memories of playing this game were the were like hours and hours of me playing the Gearbox version of this game on PC, right? Like I I didn't have an Xbox or, or 360, so I so I was playing the playing the Halo uh, the 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 copper. Now now I, I didn't even know the Gearbox version was like worse. Like I did, I had zero idea that the Gearbox version was what had all these like different like the shadows and like the uh like the textures and like the like the all all, all these like 
issues and I didn't even know because that was the version I only version I knew about like only had version I had access to back then uh, so for me it was like I mean for me the remaster uh, textures and the and the animations all look better than the gearbox version but I am not seeing the problems in, uh, in, a, in the same light that the digital foundry video is seeing which, which which is kind of interesting to me because the comparison point is completely different uh and, like people are comparing it to the and the, apparently the, there were several like modded versions of Halo. i know there are modded versions of halo c yeah, that, that's been a thing for a long time so you never played any uh, of the modded versions and, no i've never actually played like uh played any of the modded versions like i never ended up playing the modded versions and I've only played the so I played like two versions of the game. So I played the Gearbox version of the game from from back in the day, for the PC version, and all then then the Xbox One version of the game. So there's no like in between. So those are the two versions I played. So for me, the the like the OG comparison point is the is the Gearbox version, which is uh, in some ways kind of to my benefit. So I don't notice the. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't notice the little details anyway. I'm not. I'm not digital foundry. I don't look at every shadow, uh, at every corner and every, every, uh, like every little grab bit of grass. I don't, I don't look at games like that, but like, I mean, we could tell your favorite game's Assassin's Creed after all. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was rude. I'm sorry. <laughs> How, bro, bro, that, bro, I what? I, that was, that was, mm, Oh my god! That was, <laughs> I, I have been I have been hoisted uh, on this podcast, uh, but yes, uh, but yes, like I didn't, I didn't, I was like, I'm, I'm not noticing the. I did notice, you know, the how uh, in in the digital foundry video, how you mentioned the random noise, the uh, random noise. I kept hearing that I didn't know what it was. I was like, why is that happening? Like, that sounds weird. Is that a bug? Like, is, like, is that just a bug? Like, is that's a bug left over from like the, like the remaster or like the, like the, uh, the gearbox port? Is that like, is that what that is? Because it's, it's very jarring when it happens. Like, uh, at first I thought it was just me using the plasma rifle. And then I was like, no, I'm, I'm just, if I stop firing, then I also hear the noise. That's, that doesn't make like any sense. Like it's really weird to have that sound effect just buzz, like buzz in like all the time, like randomly. Uh, it's very strange. Uh, and there are some audio issues that I noticed. Like I actually noticed a couple audio issues in cutscenes where the, uh, the subtitles are out of sync with the audio. Like the audio is delayed for some reason. Like the audio didn't load in. Like it's really like it's when the uh, uh, the three four three guilty spark level where four hammer is like I'm gonna like touch you down and like she has a little bit of dialogue at the beginning and like that was out of sync with the with the like her, her voice actually didn't even load in like halfway through like I was like and it like cut off to the middle I was like it was very very there was some there are some bugs for sure that I noticed uh, there are some bugs with like enemies getting stuck in walls uh, I don't know if that is like a uh, potentially like an engine related like frame rate related issue i was playing so uh i know there's an unlocked frame rate version of this right uh and like the enhanced version i just i didn't change any of the settings so i i was playing at 60 fps uh and i guess not the enhanced version i actually don't know if it was it i don't know if it's defaults to enhance it not. defaults to enhanced yep okay so so then i was playing the enhanced version at 60 fps like i wasn't like the frame rate was not unlocked for me and that way i didn't like i didn't see any like frame rate related issues i know the animations run at a slower frame rate i know the plasma especially the plasma animations from the plasma guns like the turrets are like i run at a slower frame rate those that's i think one of the most noticeable ones uh but like 
it, it wasn't like a too big of a deal for me personally. Like, I guess you don't notice when you're like trying to kill a bunch of flood that the reload animation is a little, uh, a little slower. Uh, but like, yeah, like it, it's, it's fine. Um, and I'm enjoying it. So have the, you didn't get a chance to play it yet, right? Like you, <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've played it. So like, so uh, for context, this is like a 60 gig update and, um, I have a data cap. And when this was released, I was switching. I was right at the tail end of like my month and I had already gone over. So like I already got charged an overage free and I was like, well, I mean, technically it's for the pod, but I really don't want to like pay AT&T more money. So I'd probably get to download it sometime later today. But honestly, it's the, the Xbox version of this updated port is a still based off of the original CE anniversary edition that came out a couple, um, almost a decade ago now on the 360. And, and as well, what they have moved is just that you now get each, um, choice to your original audio and they fix some bugs in it for the Xbox version. It's not as big of an overhaul as the PC version is because. The PC one is still technically a separate game from it because it's based off the Gearbox one, and they brought in the assets from the from the uh, Saber Interactive remaster one. It is so strange, and it's like the PC version update was like six gigs for me. Like I had to download an additional six gigs of data uh, for the for the campaign and the multiplayer. Uh, but like it is like it's so weird to have like the gearbox issues come up all these years later like that is just i mean sometimes you just can't get away from it. i don't know i like i i have a feeling that they weren't able to like really fix the gearbox port issues because they're probably so deep in there that it's like well like like Alex Vitalio saying in the uh, digital foundry video basically that they could just bring in some of the the port stuff that yeah, the modders, the, the mods, and they could look at the mods and look at the disassemble the mods or talk to the people who make the mods. And I think that would be, yes, that would be actually a good idea because the modders did fix a bunch of these issues, right? So it's like, yeah, like uh, 343, get in there, get some, like you'll get some good PR out of it and like get a better game out of it. So like I'm not seeing it's like a win win basically. Uh, so get 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 some consulting done, you know. Like talk to some of these people who made uh, made these mods. Get 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 some, or, or look at the mods yourself and see what you can do with the with the game. And like, yeah, like I'd hope the little all these little issues, like especially the the one where this where this like the the differences between the Cortana like hologram. I was like, oh boy, that's that's a little. Uh, I didn't I didn't even notice that because because I've only played the Gearbox version and the Xbox One version. I didn't even know that. Cortana looked worse in the Gearbox version. Um, so please, please three four three. But but I mean, like when it comes to to Halo CE for me, I've played the original Xbox version on an original Xbox at like my friend's house back when I was a kid, and then I played. I had a copy of Halo One and Halo Two when I for my three sixty because the original three sixty I had was able to do backwards compat with it. Um, those versions ran a little sloppy because it was software backwards compat on the three sixty, but. I've also played, obviously, the Anniversary Edition. I played that one. The original 360 port of the Anniversary Edition played that because it, it came with Halo Reach and like sort of like this double pack. And then, of course, Master Chief Collection, that came out. Played through it again on that. So I've played many iterations of the first Halo game. And I have to say, this current, um, this current Anniversary Edition is my favorite for the fact of that I... I don't care that much for the um, remastered graphics. I much prefer playing it in the original graphics. And yes, I I have heard that from people. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I play with the remastered graphics. I mean, well, it's on- because the remastered graphics it technically makes it more lore correct, right? It fixes a lot of the inconsistencies in armor between the different Halo games. But 
at the same time, right, it's just a nostalgia factor of playing it back in the original graphics because that it still looks good upscale to like 4K 60, right? Those textures still look good, even though they look dated. And I think like, and, and just because of that, it's also easy to switch between the two modes on PC. You can just press tab and, and it will, you press like, the, um, the, the, the square button on the Xbox controller, whichever button that is, the, the one to the left of the Xbox button, you press that and I'll do the same over there. Yeah. So you just like, you you can easily switch between the modes and it's like, I, I like, I, I did switch between the modes and look at like the, te- like the texture, especially inside the, like the forerunner structures, like inside the ring structures, you can really notice like the color, especially when you're in the, in the, uh, 343 guilty spark level, like inside, like the, you can see the lighting differences, right? Like there's a lot, there was, there was a lot less lighting back in the day and like the lighting was more limited and like uh, the shadows were like different and like the, like the textures look a little bit more gray, less colorful, right? And I mean, it's still not a very colorful game, but like with like the original version looked more grayish, right? Than the than the remaster did. The remaster added some definitely added some color to it a little bit. Like uh, I prefer to play with the remaster version for the most. Like I never switched back. Like I was never like this. Remaster. I mean, did you at least like try it on your monitor to see how the original graphics looked? Yeah, it, I mean, I looked at it. Like, I switched between, like, especially when there, there are areas with, like, big, like, nice, like, when you're in, like, a new building, just, like, switch between, like, see what the t- uh, building textures look like and, like, what the ground textures look like and the rocks and stuff like that. And it's, like, I prefer to play with the remaster because it, like, I think it, the remaster improves, like, lighting in certain conditions. And, like, that is, uh, on, like, a, on, like, a 1440p display, like, I feel like the enha- the better textures really sort of like you, you really notice like when you're used to playing the remastered version you're just like oh boy it's it's definitely like even, even the nostalgia can't hide the uh the blockiness of it yeah the blockiness of it and like i love i love i love i like i played obviously the original version and I, like i know what it looks like but it's like i i, I really like the remastered version too and it's like not there's some re- definitely some weird color issues on oh, that color issue like some stuff like just looks a little too it's it's almost like an uncanny valley effect like with some of the stuff like the pillar of autumn looks a bit uh uh strange in the opening cutscenes of it like uh it's it's, I don't, I don't, it's it's fine and the issue on your end right is like if you original graphics sometimes it might just be pc port issues right and not actually the original graphics being strange this is the problem when you have a game that's has, has that's so like it's it's pretty old. The lighting now. model on the PC port is broken for the original graphics because that's how it was in the original PC gearbox port. So like we're we're playing different games. Like if we're thinking about it. So so at the end of the day, can we just like blame Randy Pitchford for this one? Uh, it's like gearbox. remember the game's not going to have loot boxes, but optional cosmetics that are available in box style purchases oh boy god imagine if like halo ce had loot boxes i mean how they did it for fucking uh for for five right yeah they did but so so multiplayer have you tried out the multiplayer at all no i haven't i haven't gotten a chance to get into the multiplayer yet i'm still like playing through the campaign i might give it i'm like not planning on getting back into halo like like even uh, i might play a few rounds of like uh, like, like just to fly around in a banshee again, you know, a little bit, you know, just want to do some banshee duels. So, so we basically, I have to buy this game on PC, right? Just so we can recreate the. Actually, actually, wait, no. Now that I think about it, so this game easily gets sixty frames per second on an RX five eighty, right? So this iGPU I have in my MacBook could probably play this game. It's the, no on original graphics. On original graphics, it can play this game because they didn't update. It's the same engine on original graphics. You get 4K 60 on an RX 580. This Intel iGPU can, in fact, play this game. 
So I'm going to download Windows, and then we'll, I'll get the game from the Microsoft Store, and we'll recreate that classic scene. Yeah, so there is co-op, by the way. I think we should mention that at least. Like, you know, there is... Uh, well, co-op, co-op and no cross-play. So only between co-op, PC but, to yeah, PC it's, or it's Xbox only co-op Xbox. between the same platform, so you have to be on, on like, both players have to be on the same platform to, to play the co-op, which is kind of disappointing a little bit. I, I w- kind of want them to play co-op, uh, but, like... Uh, but, I mean, at the same time, right, they are different games, so it is it does make sense. Yeah, they are. It, it, it's, it's fair. I get it. Like, I get the technical reasons for it and why it's not cross-play, but also the same Although, time. no, like, no couch co-op is strange. I mean, I'm not surprised. Um, of all the things that they have to bring over, couch co-op would be the lowest priority, in my opinion, because like couch co-op is not a big deal anymore. I think a lot of it is like this is. I, I mean, I'm not like trying to diss anybody who wants couch co-op. I, I get it. I get the like the, I get the appeal of couch co-op, but like from a game developer's perspective, right? Like, what are you gonna fix first? Like, are you gonna like fix all these bugs and like the texture issues? Or are you gonna bring over couch co-op, right? Like, with that I think feel like you prioritize the other stuff first uh, in 2020. Like, yeah, developer priorities are not the same, right? Like, it's uh, like I I wouldn't mind if couch co-op is in there. That'd be pretty nice. But uh, like all the people who really want that stuff, uh, there's there's a definite niche player base that wants couch co-op. So the most important question, though, are land parties coming back? Because this game can run on a potato. Like that game, this game can run on anything. So in theory, if we grab our dongles, we could have a land party. <laughs> that's uh, that's a great statement, by the way. <laughs> grab our, um, I can it play in land mode? Is there a land mode in this game? Like I I, I don't like is that land? I server? mean, the Xbox version has one. I do not know if the PC one does, but I know the Xbox could do it. That's I don't I have I, I, I didn't even check the like I only saw like there were some matchmaking, so I didn't see any LAN options in there, but like if there is a LAN thing that would be pretty cool to have LAN stuff again. Like that'd be cool to have Halo C E LAN parties. Uh that that would be pretty dope actually, uh to have that. So that's that's Halo C E. Uh the the uh the PC version of the MCC, uh it's it's out on, like it's out on like the it's out on Steam. It's also out on the Windows Store if you have Games Pass, or more importantly, if you ever bought it on Xbox, like don't buy it again on Steam because it is a play anywhere game. So you do get it on the you do get it through the Windows Store. So I mean, I know I know a lot of the PC gamers out there listening are like ill Windows Store. I only like Valve to be my one overload that I buy my games from. I don't want Microsoft to be the person I buy games from because PC is an open market technically. Uh, I don't really know about that, but um before before i piss off all of our listeners um, <laughs> but if you if you have bought it on um xbox it is available as a play anywhere title or if you have games pass you can get it for free through the windows store so you know check out the uwp version because it won't kill you to download a uwp game yeah i mean it's probably fine uh and i i have the steam version i play i'm playing the steam version by the way i have it on steam uh and it's also it's also fine uh you can i think you'd also like buy the the game separately right like you can buy reach you can buy them individually yeah you can buy them piecemeal or you can buy the entire master chief collection yeah i mean it's it's 30 dollars for the entire collection like most of it isn't out yet but like i feel like 30 dollars is like it's that's a, a very good value for a lot of game that's gonna come out right like that is like i i'm just like from a, like a price to game perspective like like it's it's uh, it's a lot of game yeah because next up we got halo 2 coming out and that's gonna be the halo 2 so halo 2 anniversary i would say is my favorite remaster they've done so far 
Um, because you get also get the multiplayer was redone as well to have be updated with the with the new graphics. I've never I've never played the Halo Two like I've never played any multiplayer other than Halo Five and Halo CE. But the so Halo Two like, had a had a PC port, didn't it? It did, but I played only the single player. I never played the multiplayer. I had a had a pirated version. I think that's why uh, it didn't. Uh, like, you know, this was back when I was a kid. You know, I I wasn't buying these games. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, like. I, I played the Halo 2. Yes, I did play the, you know, Games for Windows Live pirated version of, uh. This is a good, this is a good question, right? So this port is based off of Gearbox's port. Is Microsoft even going to try? Is 343 even going to attempt to try and use the, the G, the, the Games for Windows Live port? Or are they just going to pull the Xbox one? I mean, it, I think wasn't it, I think the, the version got removed. Like Games for Windows Live is completely dead. It's gone. Like some games even completely removed the DRM. Uh, and like the Well, you can't the- get Halo 2 on PC right now because it's, it relies on that service. Oh yeah, but they're probably like. I mean, they have the source code. They have the. They they're gonna. They, it's not gonna have games for Windows like that's. Well, I mean, like, do they use that version of the port, right? Or do they just say? Fuck oh, that's take probably the Xbox true. One. But I think the games for Windows Live was just like the, like the sort of like, over, like so it's just DRM basically, and it also also. Well, ha- I mean, well, th- well, I'm just only bringing it up. He's like, is that is Halo Two Vista like a good port? I honestly, it's been so fucking long since I played Halo 2, that Windows Vista version of that. Like, I don't remember if it was a good port or not. Like, I wouldn't even have a point of comparison because I would have only played that version. So I would have to wait for Halo 2, like the C, like the, the Halo 2 uh, version to come out. Uh, and like have, uh, have Digital Foundry take a look at the PC version from back in the day. Uh, because yes, that PC version was also controversial at the time, right? Because it was like Windows Vista exclusive. Uh, because they used like a newer version of DirectX that wasn't available on, uh, what was it? It's DirectX 11, right? Or 10. 10, I think 10 is, or 9. It's either 9 or 10. 9 or 10. I, I it's probably 9 or 10. And it was like, it was like hashtag Windows Vista exclusive, like and like people like some ha- modders got it to run on like all the versions of Windows by like modifying some like INF files or whatever, right? Like they they could get it to run, but like officially it was only supported on Windows Vista, right? Uh, so like that was that was a thing back in the day when Microsoft would push games uh, on uh, an exclusive OS releases. It's, it's that was a definitely a worst time in video game history. Uh, so looking forward to every more people being able to play that game. Uh, Halo Two is um, there's a lot more flood levels in them, so like I, it's kind of like a, I, I like Halo Two in a lot of ways because you get to play as the Arbiter, and I think the Arbiter is a really cool character to play. You get like playing as an elite is is really cool. You get all these little cool powers, uh, and I love the like the like the Covenant side of the story gets told in, in an interesting way. But like Halo Two is like also some of the levels have. Too much flood. Like this is why this is why Halo Three. Halo Three is the best Halo campaign. Let's be real. It's Halo Three, and it's because it has right right amount of variety. And you know, Halo Three also has the best final level Warthog chase scene. Um, I I mean, I'm still like extremely nostalgic for the Halo One end of and the last level uh, Warthog run like drive scene. You know, like you drive all the way down the Pillar of Autumn, right? Like that that fucking scene, is, like that fucking level gets me every time because it's so good. You know, I realized like, Halo you, Five didn't end of a Warthog race, did it? I don't because I I, I blocked out most of most of my memory of Halo Five campaign. No, right, and it on um, like it on a cliffhanger. Yeah, damn. 
So that, I think I think when Halo Infinite comes out, we spend four hours talking about it. I think we that's how we decide if it's a good game or not, right? Does it end with a warthog chase? <laughs> it doesn't end up with the warthog scene. Like it's you have to have the warthog. It's it's the it's the classic. And if also it does I, I forgot it, then it's garbage. How, how how slippery the warthog is in Halo One, right? Like it's like a little. Uh, it feels like a little uh, like the brakes don't quite work, you know? Like it's, it's the handling is uh, still like something. I know some people are talking about the handling, how it's like really. Like the handling gets a lot better in later games, right? Like, but it, driving a Warthog in Halo One is still a lot of fun because of how like weirdly arcadey and slippery it is, right? It's uh, it's it's definitely a thing. So, so that's Halo. I think we have uh, we have we have I think we went on longer than we expected for that segment because it is Halo. Like that's that's the bigger card topic. Uh, speaking of uh, nostalgia. Uh, we we got the uh we got another we got a remake. This is this is not a remaster, but instead this is this is a remake. It's the it's the, it's the demo version of the fi- the Final Fantasy VII remake. And y'all know uh, I've I've never played any Final Fantasy game other than the uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, so I was I was looking forward to trying this out and uh, on PS four. Uh, it's it's actually really cool. Although I really love the, how the cutscenes look. Like the cutscene quality is extreme. Like the visual quality is really good. Like it looks amazing on uh, on a PS4. Uh, and and the combat is uh, I don't know what kind of combat system is. This? It's like a, this is this is like Devil May Cry style like action combat. Real, this it's is, not it's not quite Devil May Cry. I think it's a little slower than Devil May. Cry. It feels well. A it's, little, it's like it's uh, real time with like some RPG elements. Yeah, through. there are some RPG elements that like you can like. You can choose moves, right? Like it's like you can like it's sort of like the uh, turn-based stuff in it, like the turn-based like stuff from the turn-based. Like what's Final Fantasy VII? It's a nod to the turn-based stuff. This game is nowhere near. This game's even more real time than Final Fantasy XV was. Like this is the most. This is this is Kingdom Hearts style combat, except not as floaty. This is a little less floaty than Kingdom Hearts combat, but from what I've seen of the demo. Okay, so I was gonna I was gonna ask you because I don't have a comparison point for these games because I haven't played Kingdom Hearts. Or the idea of the other Final Fantasy fourteen, uh, like other than Final Fantasy fourteen, which is an MMO, which is has a completely different kind of yeah. Look. So like, if you took this combat system, added like the ability to jump really high and like float around the stage and like do like chain like fifty hit combos, then you have Kingdom Hearts. So it's a slowed down in a more in a more like gravity centric form of like the Kingdom Hearts fi- uh, fighting style. Yeah, and you can and you can like you can like switch be- like if you have people in your party, you can switch between. Uh, switch between them right and like use different moves and like you can rescue people if they're like if the boss gets them like for example in the in the remake the the initial this the mako reactor level right uh and you have barrett like you have that, that final boss a battle with the sentinel right and uh you have barrett with you uh and barrett you can switch between you between cloud and barrett right like you can like and like they can give each other like so you have a common pool of items so you can Use items on each other, right? If you have enough, uh, ATB, right? Like, see, this is really weird. Like, it's like, you have, if you have to have enough ATB to use items, which is like a really strange thing to me. Like, I was often, I would like need to use item, but I would, I didn't have enough ATB to use the item. So I was like, I need to heal, please. <laughs> please, can I heal? Um, uh, so it was like really, like, I was, like, I, I was trying to get used to the mechanics, uh, Got beat the boss on the second try. It took me two tries to beat the boss. And also, I should mention, if you're in the last phase of the boss and you, both of your party members die, you start from the beginning of the fight, which is like, uh, 
Can we get some checkpointing? Hold on. No, no, no. That is a checkpoint. Original Final Fantasy VII, if it was game over, you go back to the last save point. Kingdom Hearts used to be like that. I think three, it'll it'll start you with back of a boss fight. But yeah, like you don't checkpoint at bosses. This is an Assassin's Creed, bro. <sighs> I uh, like I don't know I I know people were like this is a boss like yeah like I know people like there's no this is such a boss like there's no checkpoint if this is like like Dark Souls you start from the beginning and I'm like yeah but like well no Dark Souls is way different hold on no no, no. Dark Souls you start from the beginning of the game again Final no, Fantasy no, no, no. you, you start need... from the you start from the bonfire like the, oh, the, bonfire, the last time yeah. you, last la, last time you saved at the bonfire that's where you start from you had to run back to the boss well that's what Final Fantasy used to be but now it's where um I think 15 was also like this where like you there's checkpointing there is checkpointing in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, there is checkpointing, but like when like the boss has like multiple stages, right? Like it goes through multiple phases, and like sometimes when like I I I was at the last stage of the boss, the central boss, and then I fucked up and I died, and uh, I had to start in the boss battle all the way from the beginning. Um, which, like, I mean, like I guess, like it's. Um, See, I think we come from different perspectives because to me, this is really generous. As someone who's played Final Fantasy games, like the fact that you get this checkpoint at a boss, I'm like, holy shit, Square's like being nice now. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's not like, yeah, I, I guess it's like the comparison points are completely like, I'm just like, I, why did I start from all the way from the beginning of the boss fight? Like I had to do the boss fight all over again, basically. Like it's, I mean, also, but it's, I think it's kind of fine in some, in a gameplay perspective, like because it lets you sort of improve your gameplay like uh, the second time around i i knew the i knew the boss's like moves better right and i, I like i understood how to dodge the attacks and or which attacks to block and what sort of like different moves it would use in its different phases like and i and that was the second time around it was much easier because i already knew the boss better right so like in some ways it's actually uh de- like it's a good way to like get players to improve at the game because uh, through repetition but i would imagine some of the harder boss fights that can get a little uh dicey uh if you have to repeat the boss multiple times uh but otherwise uh i i enjoyed the game jesse is uh very good uh i'm a fan um hashtag hashtag needs more tifa shots in this like there wasn't enough tifa in it um oh trust me you got, you got an entire game you got an entire love triangle of eris and and cloud for for tifa shots to come in so don't worry about that <laughs> That, uh, I love the like I love the lighting in this game. It looks like they really wanted to emphasize some of the fire tech in this, and the fire looks fire. Uh, it's it's good. And Cloud, can I just say Cloud Strife is an extremely gamer name. It's like the most gamer name that ever gamed. It's uh, it's the very nineties Square Enix name, right? Uh, Cloud Strife is. Uh, uh, yeah, and he's just like a moody dude. Like it just doesn't talk. Much. I mean, it's, it's a like, Final Fantasy game. Everyone's a moody teen. I mean, except Barrett. Apparently, Barrett is just like out here. Expect- Barrett was a caricature of a moody teen that they fixed for this game, which is why Barrett is now different. Yeah, Barrett is like he's like he has this whole elevator speech, which is like a thing, and it's like oh boy, he's going in. Um, yeah, like Barrett looks. Um, like Baird look, Baird's character model is it looks very good by the way. Like Baird, Baird looks amazing. His tattoos actually look pretty detailed as well, uh, and like his his abilities like with the chain gun, the animations look really dope. Uh, and like his uh, his limit breaker ability, like the fire in the hall, it looks really really cool. So like yeah, it's cool. I'm actually curious. I might buy the game when it comes out. I I I'm, I'm not sure yet. Maybe uh, depends on if anything else is on the plate, but. 
I'm I'm kind of looking forward to playing this game for the first time ever. Uh, so you know, uh, so so did you get a chance? To, oh, you don't have a PS4. So yeah, you I don't have a PS4. I, didn't get, I mean, I saw I saw um, like a walkthrough of it. I mean, it's also it is a Final Fantasy game, and I have to I have to take these like they're investments. You know, like you have to be emotionally invested in it. And like this is my thing with with Final Fantasy VII specifically is that I also don't think so. I don't have this nostalgia for Final Fantasy VII. I don't think it's the best Final Fantasy game. Um, if you want to at me about it, please um, mail um, at staticsafe at te- or at packetcat at tenforward.social. Please, no, please, no. I, don't, I, I mean, you can talk to me about Final Fantasy, but I don't know anything about Final Fantasy, so you, I'll just be like... So, like, in terms of, so, in terms of games, right, if we're talking about classic RPG Final Fantasy games, 10 is the pinnacle of, if you want a turn-based RPG that goes on for too long and has a lot of grinding, 10 and 10 too, that whole entire remake, that's what you should go for. If you want a game with a great story and more of a classic style Final Fantasy game and with great music, you want Final Fantasy, you want Final Fantasy 6. Because A, we, I've said it before, I'll say it again, Dancing Mad is a better song than One Winning Angel. Please send feedback to at packetcat at tenforward.social. But besides that, like, no, no, it also is, so I think, I don't think we've talked, I don't think, I've talked about it on the time, I think I've talked about it on the pod. So Final Fantasy 7 is a game about eco-terrorism and sort of like taking back the planet. Cool, cool, whatever, That that's fine. But Final Fantasy VI is like, it is the most you don't win that Square's ever gone in an RPG. So basically, the the premise of Final Fantasy VI is like, oh, someone's plotting to take over the world, but they win. There's a lot more nuance to that, but I don't want to spoil it because you should really play Final Fantasy VI. But basically, the game's split in two halves. One where it's like, oh, you're defeating this boss, you're defeating this enemy, and it actually turns out that the person who hired you, one of the people there with, is actually was the real boss the entire time, right? And, like, and like subverts you taking out that one enemy, that other nation state, so they can take over your nation state and then take over the entire world because you created a power vacuum. And then they do that, and they destroy the entire planet by summoning, like, an old spirit that destroys the entire world so they can become more powerful. And the entire... S- and the entire second half of the game is just like the world being destroyed, and you eventually you kill the bo- you kill the guy who did it right. But at the end of the game, the world's destroyed, the planet's dead, like everyone's dying, and there's nothing you can do. And that's why, like, that's why Final Fantasy VI is such a better game. He's seven, like, what you know? Fuck it, we're gonna talk spoilers about seven. Seven's been out for twenty years. Like, Aerith dies, okay? But like, no, it's like. So the whole thing about seven is like oh you know Aerith dies so ha you have to kill sephiroth and sephiroth and cloud cloud secretly is sephiroth's blood because Sep- all the sheen rock clones or whatever are like based off of sephiroth and it's just like a cliche thing at the end of it because you what you you kill sephiroth you 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 beat him he like does a supernova attack which still looks cool which i'm actually really i really want to see how that's animated like some of the boss moves that sephiroth did in the original ps1 release of final fantasy 7 were very like cool visually to see and i'm very excited to see how they've been how they get redone for like a modern age but but like the end of it it's just like yeah we saved the planet hurrah jenova's gone or whatever and i'm totally butchering all these story beats please don't at me <laughs> it's been a long time since i've read up on the story of final fantasy 7 but but i feel like the ending is more is more satisfactory in 6 and my the thing i also want to say with this remake is do they lean do they hint at all at final fantasy 10 because so shinra is the name of the corporation in 7 right there is someone um once you get the airship in 10 whose last name is shinra is his first name and he's basically like 
I think you. I think you, this voice line only gets unlocked once you beat the game. They might have changed it for the remake, but he basically mentions how he's looking for new power sources, and that's like hints that ten and seven are in the same world. But so, and, and then when the anniversary edition of ten came out a couple years ago, a visual, dr- like an audio drama came out with it that basically implies that there's another chapter to ten where the original protagonist of ten comes back. So part of me wants to see if if Square's going to take this and then lean into like a ten three. Since they've talked about doing that in the fast, like Square's talked about like wanting to, um, they, they've been looking at making a new game in the 10 series. And I feel like this would be the perfect bridge to it. I mean, I'm just like, I'm, I have a, for a long time, I didn't, didn't want anything to do with Final Fantasy for some reason. Like I had this irrational hatred of, uh, I've talked about this before. Uh, I've talked about how I don't, like, I thought it was too, too, um, over the top and like the whole Sephiroth's like a fucking like a stereotype character. I I, I mean I'm not trying to diss Sephiroth if you love that. <laughs> I mean to to be fair, the character the character style of Sephiroth was done far better in the anime DN Angel. That's an anime from like almost 25 years ago. So if anyone has seen that anime, like get you know at me, we'll be friends. <laughs> All right. Uh, so like I'm. I but now I'm just like I don't give me a corny story I'm fucking like I'm give me more Tifa give me more Jesse give me Barrett give me Cloud with his moody no, moody voice uh like uh, basically a teenager so it's like you know just give me that shit uh but do you are you planning on getting uh this game or, or PS4 for this? I mean once it I mean once it comes out on you know Xbox or like PC I'm not buying a console for a Final Fantasy game. So you you play it on like GeForce Now? I'm not playing on GeForce Now. Like th- I don't that, that's fine but that's going to come up like a year from now. And more importantly like you know I got the Kingdom Hearts remakes to work through. Oh no. Are you seriously going to play those all over again? Is that is that, so is that You have to understand I've actually not I've only played like Kingdom Hearts one, Chain of Memories two and three. I've not. I've I played less than half. I played less than half of the Kingdom Hearts discography. Oh man, that's that's oh god, Kingdom. Okay, let's not get into Kingdom Hearts because I feel like we're we're gonna talk about Kingdom Hearts. We're gonna be here for two hours. But speaking about playing games uh, on GeForce now, actually, we wanted to we want to talk about game streaming for a little bit because a lot of publishers have been pulling their games off of GeForce now, which is. It weird just because apparently NVIDIA's been saying, oh, we didn't have an agreement with them to have these games on GeForce Now. But if you think about it, GeForce Now is just a PC rented in the cloud, right? So um, Activision Blizzard, Bethesda, and 2K, 2K Games have all pulled their games off of GeForce Now. And the publishers are seeking revenue shares from GeForce Now, but you don't buy games through GeForce Now, right? Like, you buy them through Steam. And GeForce Now is literally just a Windows VM that's being, like, remote desktop streamed to you, right? And and so the the idea that you need to have a licensing agreement to to play a game you already own, through some, even if it's through, like, a, a PC you're renting, just doesn't sit right with me. Because I get it for, like, Stadia, right? Stadia has its own storefront. It's a custom service. Ditto for xCloud. That's fine, but... The fact that I bought a game and all NVIDIA is providing, right, is a Windows PC in the cloud. They're not providing anything else. And and they're they're basically saying, oh, you can't do that. Like, I feel like NVIDIA could fight it if they wanted to. But I don't think they want to get in that pissing match of publishers. No, they, no, they really don't want to get with, like, especially like with these really large publishers. They're not going to like they have leverage here, like Activision Blizzard, like, you know, pulled out first. Right. And 
Activision Blizzard is not like gonna back down. I feel like they don't like they have the leverage here. Like Nvidia is not in a like not in a position where they can really win here, right? Like they are not the uh, player that has the most most power here. Like the they need the games on their service and not the other way around, right? Like Activision Blizzard could get away with like 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 Overwatch not being playable on fucking GeForce now, right? Like they can get away with that. But like Nvidia is like Wait no, like I, we want to have these all these Activision Blizzard games because that's that's a bunch of games and very popular games at that, right? Like they want those games in there. Like that's, and I feel like they're gonna have to reach like some sort of agreement there to actually get these. And this this sucks for the people who actually use GeForce now. In the end, like in the end, end of the day, it, these are just like big publishers pulling out like Bethesda, 2K, uh, Activision Blizzard, like. These are going to have like impacts on the service. And, like, think about it like this: I was going to buy Overwatch to play it on GeForce Now. If I had, if I had bought Overwatch, I would have been fucked. I I'm actually salty about that because we could have played some Overwatch, but instead, it's instead Activision Blizzard's like. Or no, what if no. what if Bungie says no to Destiny being on GeForce Now? I spent fifty bucks on the PC copy of Destiny that I now can't use. Right? I'd be pissed at that. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't know if uh, Bungie won't. Bungie gonna, probably won't. Bungie, Bungie probably won't. Like they don't like. It's also a free to play game, right? So it makes sense for them to have it available on more, on the most modern more platforms. platforms. Yeah, they, they don't care as long as you're paying, like buying season passes and like stuff like that, right? They don't care. Uh, like at Bungie, if Bungie was part of Activision Blizzard, still, oh boy, yeah, Bungie was part of Activision Blizzard, then we, I would have been actually fucked, and I would not been yeah, able to been fucked, yeah. <laughs> yes. to play a game that I bought. Which is, that's the thing, right? Like, I bought this game. I should be able to play it. I'm renting a fucking Windows PC. I'm not, like, I'm not paying NVIDIA for, like, a for like access, yeah, for, like, any sort of licensing license for the, the game. game. You're not playing NVIDIA for a license, right? Yeah, yeah, NVIDIA's not reselling a license here, right? Like, NVIDIA is selling access to computer time. That, but that's basically what they're selling, right? They're access, selling access to uh, a machine in their in their cloud, uh, with like that has a GPU in it and is running Windows, right? And it's like you are paying access to that, and then the license is one that you bought on your money and on your account on like whichever is either Steam or like uh like whatever other platform that you bought it on. Like it is that the license you, you the license you bought from the other vendor. Like it's not like they are selling the license. Like Nvidia is not selling a license here. They don't they don't have they don't have their own storefront and they're not selling uh separate licenses. So it's like Because this isn't this isn't like say a PC cafe, right? Like they have in Southeast Asia where you're renting you you're getting access to the game and you're getting access to a Windows PC because you pay the place and they're paying like they have like some sort of licensing deal with Activision or whatever, right? That's not like that. This isn't a bank cafe or that's what they're called, right? A PC bank, yeah. yeah PC like, bank. It's not one of those. This is just literally this is just a Windows server. Like this is the same thing, right? If I remote desktop into my home server and that had like a that a GPU on it, right? And I played it that way, just scaling up. I, I I mean obviously these AAA publishers are just greedy. They just want money here. Like it's it's all it's always about the money. Just just whenever you see something like this, it's always about like Activision Blizzard, Bethesda, 2K wanting more money. Like they want you said they wanted a revenue share, uh, which is <laughs> like a revenue share of what? Like the yeah, five revenue share of what? Nvidia? They want a subscription. Like they want. Nvidia to give them money that they make from the subscription fees? Like what do they 
like how are they gonna what sort of revenue share are they talking about like it's like what is there to share like i like this is this, i i like uh, like nvidia is a large corporation so i'm like not like really like extremely like sad for them but it's like but even then right they would have to increase the prices if they were gonna do a rev share because i imagine for the for like a the windows licenses they have and the hardware they're running right five bucks probably they're probably not making much money anyways off of this they're not making any margin like the the, the they're making margin in the way that they are i mean they're probably subsidizing some of the costs right definitely subsidizing i mean they produce the gpus right so they don't like that's like a fixed cost but still you're still running data infrastructure and for what me and you know about data infrastructure, streaming video is still expensive, and GeForce Now likely doesn't have a huge player base, right? So a couple hundred thousand people paying $5 a month probably is breaking even on it, at most. Probably, they're running at a loss, too. They're probably, they're probably trying to get a player base out and so they can get the subscription money long-term, but they're seeing it as a long-term play instead of a short-term one. And like... Yeah, so that infrastructure is in like is in, is not going to be cheap to run. I mean, they they can source the GPUs obviously, but like they are still there's still the power costs to think about, data center costs, the network costs, uh, and like like all this infrastructure and like Nvidia is gonna yeah Nvidia is either losing money or they're just barely making even on this right now. So it's like I mean even so like right now I'm only telling you like five bucks a month for this like that's fine. And even if it was ten dollars a month, I still think that's a fair price for this, right? For renting like a, a Titan sort of RTX style card, right? That, that's fine for me, but it's more of just like what this has to be like fifteen, like more money just so they can just so you can get access thirty dollars maybe like a thirty dollars subscription, yeah, like a thirty dollars subscription per month, like without I, I mean thirty dollars seems like reasonable if they like want to make money. It feels like I don't know because uh, it's sort of you have to think about it, right? Nvidia needs to make this cheap enough where it doesn't make sense. Like if you pay for it a year, you just build a gaming PC for that money you spent renting out a server, right? It always has to be cheaper than building a gaming PC over like a fixed length of time for it to make sense for people to pay for it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I see that they they want it in this like sweet price point where it's like not too expensive and like and like where they still make some money off of it. Like it's that's the angle here. And like Nvidia's like. We can't give you a cut because we're barely making any money off this. Like, it's like, how do you, how does NVIDIA give uh, like all these AAA publishers like, uh, like some sort of revenue? And Activision Blizzard and all these companies, right? I feel like it's just short sighted on their side because you know who, you know, the kinds of people who do GeForce now? People with PCs who can't play your games, people who have Macs and Linux users once it comes to like Chrome and you can do the web, you're doing a web browser, right? Like, those are markets. You don't even make games for them anyway. So it's not even as if you are, like, m- missing out on money. You're going to make more money. So this, this, this is the thing. Activision Blizzard is is probably going to make more money because it's going to be, like, like there's going to be people who, do like, I don't know, maybe want to play Overwatch, like, PC version of Overwatch, but they don't have, like, a, like a, they're like a gaming PC or, like, a PC that can run. They have a laptop, uh, maybe, or, or they have, they like, have a laptop Linux maybe, or and, a Mac or, or they, like, travel, or, or they travel a lot or whatever. Like, it's, like... Uh, like they don't have like a like a PC good enough to play Overwatch, so they like buy it on GeForce Now. What's a buy it on the buy it so they can uh, play it on GeForce Now? Like now that person cannot play your game, and they bought that game, and like they already bought the game. So and that's a player you wouldn't have otherwise if GeForce Now didn't exist. So essentially, GeForce Now is giving you revenue by virtue of existing and providing the service, which is like. You guys are a little short-sighted. Like that is like I, 
I mean, these companies are, the AAA companies are short-sighted in the extreme, but like sometimes I feel like they don't think about what they're doing, which is uh, Jim Sterling voice, you know, AAA. Uh, so like, so yeah, so so the AAA companies, fuck them. I mean, Activision Blizzard can, can, can show some like Overwatch? Come on, bro. Like, what is this? What year is this? Come on. Uh, let's, let's, let's just, this is, this is, this is what's going to happen, right? This is like the thing. This is where like, this is the 2020 uh, of stories where like game streaming and like, Activision Blizzard launches their own game streaming. Hey, this is Jeff from the Overwatch team. And today I want to, <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Oh my God. Jeff, Jeff cannot do that. Please don't put Jeff through that shit, please. Jeff looks tired already. Uh, I don't, I don't want him to be showing like some Activision Blizzard service either. Uh, uh, let, let him rest. No, no, you'll get like a, uh, you, you'll get, you know, you get the whole Activision Blizzard, um, Overwatch League special pass edition, $50 a oh month. Oh my God. Oh my God. I, I don't even want to think about it because With premium World of Warcraft skin. God, fuck. Just remove loot boxes of Overwatch and let me buy the skins, bro. Just, just, god damn it. Uh, anyways, that's, that's the G-Force now. Like, I feel like we have, I mean, if you want to listen to Chosa talk about, um, game streaming services, actually, there is an episode of Star, right? Uh, that we talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole episode of Star where I, by myself, in my room with, with, uh, with the lights off, talked about game streaming for an hour. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, that's, a, that's, a, that was a good episode. It was very interesting, actually. Uh, so I, it, I didn't have the light. I, I, I recorded the lights on because that's weird to record the lights off. That's don't, don't record with the lights off. Let sunlight into your life. It makes your mood a lot better. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's. <laughs> Yeah, so go listen to that if you if you're curious about all these other services, you know, like uh, Stadia, XCloud, GeForce Now. So game streaming. Let's let's talk about something. Uh, also, there was uh, a review of the Mac Pro from the Verge team, uh, and the way that the Verge reviewed it was that they had they bought they spec'd out this. Uh, they asked people on their create like all, all the Vox Media folk, right? Like the all the people who make like like the graphics and like the video edit- editors and like the audio editors and like the uh, the people who work for like the news side and like do all this like 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 stuff in Creative Suite, right? Uh, they asked them and like they had this Mac Pro and they which cost eighteen grand and. So the verdict, like I'm gonna like if you want the details, you can watch the video. But uh, the verdict really is that the hardware is here, but the software is not. Like unless if, unless you use a very specific Apple centric workflow, your you are not really benefiting from the hardware of the Mac Pro, right? Like you're not benefiting from all those cores, all those RAM. Uh, and you're not benefiting from like the uh, stuff like the afterburner card, right? Like you're not, and the pro, like it's like, like what are you getting at the end of the day? If you're just if you just live in like in design and like Photoshop and like Audition or like uh, Premiere, like you're not getting much, right? Like you're not really like for the amount of money you're paying. Like is that really like the thing? Like it's like, do you really want to pay that much money to get like experience where it's like sort of it, it might get better if adobe gets the sh- like gets the shit together soon enough but like i mean they compared it to a thread reaper pc which like uh which beat it so so what do you think so 
what basically the Mac Pro is um hey, hey, we finally get to talk about it. It's moved from the from the list of things we're banned about talking about. It's, 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 it's because yeah, it's there's finally a good review of it, I think. Uh but no, so the the issue with the Mac Pro is that as I was saying, everyone uses Adobe. Like everyone uses Adobe software. Creative Cloud is big in most production houses, and the hardware is only as good as the software you run on it, right? And the for me, I would technically get a better time than the than the Verge team would because as I work in Logic for almost my creative work, and I work in most native Mac software like BB Edit and and all of that. But but for for people who work in Creative Cloud shops, you're better off doing doing like a NVIDIA GPU and a Threadripper, or even then, right? Like the the best processor you can get to run Photoshop is a Core i nine ninety nine hundred K. Right, like that—that that is actually the best processor you could put in a computer right now to get the best Photoshop performance because it is the highest single core clock uh, clock performance sustained you can get on an Intel processor at the moment. Because Photoshop is built to really prefer single core performance and not multi-threaded workloads are not what Adobe software is known for. And I guess it makes sense because if you're Adobe and you're looking at prioritizing your dev budget, you have to rewrite a core amount of infrastructure to get it to work on multi-core workloads. And if and if you do a hardware survey, right, and what 90% of your users are using eight cores at the most, or even like eight threads, four cores, then it doesn't make sense to start making it multi-core. Yeah, exactly. It's like you don't you don't want to prematurely optimized for uh, like a very small percentage of your user base. Like how many more percentage of Adobe Creative Cloud users are using stuff that has all the, this amount of cores? Like it is, it's not, these computers are not cheap. And like, who is like this, also this computer is very new. Like Apple has been out of this game for a while, right? Like, you know, so it's like, who do you optimize for? And also, like, if you're going to optimize for this, you probably want to optimize for Windows too, right? So, like, if you want to optimize for Windows, like, like, I, I don't know. Like, it's. Well, also, the problem too is that Adobe software isn't written entirely to use Metal 2. And I've noticed, like, even so, Metal really improves the performance. Anything with Metal on Max improves performance. Like, when I was, um, if I download World of Warcraft on this, it runs like a dream. Even on the iGPU, I can get 60 frames per second doing like quarter render scale, right, of, the, of native res, which is ridiculous. And back when I used the eGPU, I could run full res um, b- just about ultra and get like consistent 60 in World of Warcraft, which is for for an eGPU, right? A, eGPU gaming is normally trash. So the fact that it works so well, like Metal is great, but... The problem is, right, if you're Adobe, it's like, what do you commit to? Do you either do DirectX 12, DX12 on Windows? Do you do Vulkan in case you want something more cross-platform that'll scale to your Android apps? Or do you do Metal for the Mac side? And the, the, the weird part, though, for me is that Photoshop and Lightroom are on iOS, right? And iOS, you have to do Metal. There's no other options there. You can't do like an OpenGL shim like you can do on, on Mac OS. So I while while I think maybe Apple might be in a worse position because they don't support Vulkan, at the same time, Adobe already has a team that's writing metal specific um implementations of, of their software. Version of yeah, yeah, they are. They're they really are. So it's like and in some ways like the the iOS versions of Photoshop and like Lightroom, like even though like from from mecha- like a, like a software feature perspective, they're weaker right now. But like from like a 
performance perspective, I, like I don't think those are like inferior versions. Like, like me and Static were joking before we started recording that technically, if you think about it, the iPad has the best Photoshop performance of any computer on the market right now because how great Apple single core performance is. Yeah, like those a, those uh, A series chips the, on the newer iPad, like especially the iPad Pros, right? Like those are absurd. Like garbage for multi core performance, but hey, single core performance. Your Photoshop effects will run beautifully on that if they ported if they just brought over like full Photoshop to to the ipad also the funniest part about this review is that they also spec'd out a windows machine with a, a thread ripper like uh so so let's, let me let me like list the specs here because i think this is absurd uh 32 core uh 3.7 gigahertz amd thread ripper 3970x which is like a very new amd thread ripper processor by the way and also like Two G two RTX twenty eighty Ti's, uh, one twenty eight gigs of RAM and like two terabyte SSD, which is like twelve grand. So already, already it's cheaper than the Mac Pro. And in all the benchmarks, basically all the benchmarks that they did, this 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 AMD uh, PC just like fucking destroyed. But we we have to we have to also take caution to that for a computer with like a Threadripper and two GPUs. Not all CPU, not all programs are written to support multiple GPUs on Windows, and and when it comes to that high of a core count, depends on the motherboard you use, depends on how Windows is configured. Because I think AMD splits them into like two NUMA nodes, right? So you technically have like two two buckets of cores you could pull from. And so if software isn't written properly, you only get access to one NUMA node, so you won't be able to get the full. Yeah, you you only get you only get thirty two of the threads, right? You get sixteen threads or eight threads or however that'll work, depending on how many threads entirely it cuts it in half. Because how AMD has a triplet design there, so it is an important factor. And I also don't believe that Adobe software is optimized fully to take advantage of that of that hardware as well. Because Creative Cloud should on Windows too. Like, let's not get wrong. Like, remember, you used to have to sign into a Creative Cloud Creative Cloud account to uninstall it. Like, Adobe software is just bad uniformly. <laughs> yeah it's, this is the thing right it's, but it's like that's the software so many so many people are using and like the verge team uh they they were like yeah I, like if it doesn't it, it's not really making a difference for me personally and i'm like yeah at the end of the day like it doesn't matter if adobe i mean it kind of matters if adobe software is shit well i mean it should be better but like i mean all the everyone like the other just just before anyone adds us me and static right now we're, we're holding hands a few linux users that we should move away from an adobe specific workflow yeah i mean yes if if and video editors have right i mean you have like davinci resolve now it's starting to become yeah popular. you have davinci resolve you have like what are the other like there are some other like Photoshop alternatives that are i mean yeah like sony vegas i mean from what i've heard everyone loves affinity and pixelmator Pixelmator and Affinity, all of those are really good, but it's just like most professional shops don't work on those. Yeah, they just have like the Photoshop workflow, right? Because yeah, that's like it's been around so long, and it's like basically a standard, which is which is not great, but uh, that's that's the reality of it right now. So, um, so I, I mean, what's like the takeaway from this review? Like the takeaway for me is that you don't need the Mac Pro. Most people still don't need the Mac Pro, right? Even if you, uh, even if you live in a uh, special creative environment, and like you s- maybe you need the cores, but you probably don't. Like you probably can get away with an iMac Pro, right? Like it's just like, what is this for? Like who is this for right now? Like it's not ready yet, right? Like it's not completely like the hardware is there. Well, I mean, it's there for anyone who uses like 
Apple specific software, right? Like I, I, I apparently am the ideal Mac Pro user since I use Pixelmator Pro for any like graphic design work. That's all metal based. It's all they recently ported it to metal too. I use Logic and then like like I use BB Edit and Xcode for other stuff, right? Like I'm literally the only ideal Mac Pro user that doesn't actually need a Mac Pro. <laughs> since I only I'm like one of the few since I'm on this like native or bus kick, right? And there's a lot of busting, but um <laughs> but but because of the software I've chosen to use, I use mostly like good software that's been optimized for multiple cores, but that's not most of the world. Like most creative shops are just running Google Chrome all day with like a, with Adobe stuff all open on another monitor. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, speaking of monitors, let's talk about the uh, also included in this review was the uh, was the look at the uh, Pro XDR display, right? Uh, and this one is interesting because I didn't, wasn't expecting the opinions that I saw. Like the opinions were like, this is basically like the viewing angles are really like really bad. But like that's like I don't know. Like it doesn't matter if the viewing angles are bad. Like is that like a problem? Like I I, I like I'm not in this. I'm not in this world of people who care about subpixels and. I mean, I think the issue, as they're saying, everyone's saying, it's how Apple has been branding it. Apple's like, oh, this monitor compares to like a thirty thousand dollar display. And when you refer, when you compare to a reference monitor, which mind you, reference monitors have to be used in dark rooms and also have bad like viewing angles and stuff. But reference monitors, when you look at them in front of them with the shields over them, they are like perfect when you when you're in that mode. And the I think the issue is that this is a great display, but not like a $40,000 display, which is fine. And you can do color work on it. And like, it's, I I feel like for this monitor, it is a great Apple display, but it is not like a monitor for a single purpose, right? Because a reference monitor is used for color grading. It is used for specific photo work and that's it. You don't, you don't put Overwatch on the reference monitor, right? No. <laughs> you, you know what? No one's putting Overwatch on the 40K reference monitor because it's going to look like shit and it's going to like be a smeary mess. Yeah, it's that's not what that was. Those are very like niche specific like use case monitors. It's right? it's basically like me and this microphone I'm using, right? Like this microphone is used for podcasting. This microphone is not used for anything else because it's a fucking mess to use. Like if I'm in a fucking Zoom call with someone, right? I don't pull out the XLR microphone for that. <laughs> So yeah, like I mean, Apple tried to make a more general use monitor, right? Like they tried to sort of strike the balance between extreme pro usage and like more regular, like daily usage, like you know, just browsing the web or whatever, right? Like they have different modes in the monitor, right? Like they you can like set in in in, in macOS Catalina, like it has like these options that you can set, right? Like it sets like the brightness or like the. Uh, I don't know what like I I remember they mentioned it in the video, but it like, sets the, the the color space basically, right? So it changes the colors to be like fully sRGB compliant or fully DCIP compliant or HDR, right? So that means it's just like it because normally how Apple displays work is that they have true tone, right? So they have a sensor that senses the 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 light in a room and it changes the white balance, so it appears as white as proper as possible for the room you're in. But of course, having that change all the time when you're doing work might be bad because. You might have already calibrated a display, or you might be working in one color space, and the white balance changes means all the rest of the colors on a display change. So that's why you have a lower brightness, but a more accurate mode, and that's meant to be used for actual professional work, which is good, because these other monitors, you have to do that yourself, right? A 40,000 display, you're calibrating it yourself, and you're setting it up in a room, and you leave it there, and you do your color work 
with that one display and that's it. But this one can be used for general office work and it can be used for that work. And while it compromises at both a little bit, I think for 6,000, that's probably what you want instead of, you know, spending like a 40,000 for a full on reference monitor. And of course, if you're working in like a professional studio, that 40k is the business cost that you probably make back anyways off an episode of Game of Thrones or whatever. So it's worth the cost. Yeah, it's like, I mean, see, also the thing about, uh, so I, you know how they mentioned like the Threadripper PC is like $3,000 less, but also like $3,000 at this point is uh, for this kind of, like, it's, uh, it's 3,000 is basically pocket change in this, in this case. It's like not relevant, right? Yeah, it's not relevant. Uh, it's like the cost is, well, it's sort of relevant in the way that you're comparing it in this review, but like in the real world, when if you're like a studio that's has a, bu- that's, has a computing budget and you're spending that like money on this, like you, that, Three thousand difference might as well like. And more importantly, like, what's the support contract like for that company? Right, like they have. Is it better than Apple's? Like that's what you. That's what you think about really when it comes to if you're if you're buying this for like a whole deployment, right? This is like if you're setting up server hardware or if you're setting up like I don't know, like uh, say like you're installing industrial grade kitchens, right? It's a the quality of the hardware, but also what's the service for if something happens? Yes. Yes, exactly. Does it work with your existing workflow and is it going to be supported well? Apple has fairly good support for most of their customers when it comes to these, right? You can get on-site support and stuff if you're buying Mac Pros and you're doing these enterprise-grade deployments. You can get that through Apple. I don't know what... I can't say exactly what it was like for this Windows company that was building these workstations, but that's what you have to look at, right? Because if you're buying networking hardware for a business, right, and you're going through Cisco... The reason people like go through Cisco is because they have really good support contracts that are worth the money. Yeah, you buy a you buy you buy the hardware, but you also buy the support contract, right? And the support contract is the is the real thing. Like you get access to, like you have a tech like a Cisco tech that knows what they're talking about and like help you fix things, help you configure your network, and it's like that's the thing you're talking about, right? Like that's the the the. Uh, the support, like you are paying in some ways for the support as well. So it's like, yeah, that's not a, uh, that's not like a one to one comparison when it comes to these costs. Like 4K is like, it's 4K cheaper. That doesn't mean like, yeah. Like, and also too, people just like to work on macOS to do like creative work, right? Like that, that's, that's a thing. Like a lot of, a lot of like, not, I guess not dev shops. I would say maybe, I would say more of like video editing shops and music studios and maybe some gr- 3D work, but, I think most 3D shops I'll probably move over to Windows or Linux for just doing like Blender renders and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, like it, it really depends on what the what software they're using and like what is what's the most optimized workflow that they can get. Right, it's also about that, right? Like so. because even while even say while Windows, you technically get better like render performance on some of these computers. When it comes to Windows's sort of subsystems, right, you still have a better audio experience, bar none, on a Mac OS, even compared to Linux, right? Uh, Mac OS's audio support is still great. And when it comes to doing video work, like Mac OS is still super stable for that, right? Like all the bullshit you get from Apple software, like in terms of like iCloud Staker with that, right? Like that's different than when it comes to running these pro apps. Yeah, and it's like also, yeah, also the preference thing, some like if the people working for you prefer to work on Mac OS, then it's it's cheap. It's just better to get get them a Mac OS computer. Like it's even if it's slightly, slightly more expensive, like you just like the mental, uh, 
thing is is I think people underestimate how people how much people I think get used to certain works work uh, like operating system workflows right like I, you you don't want to you want to make people comfortable in their in their workflow you you give them the OS that they want to use right so it's like if they want to use Mac OS and they're like your your lead video editor and they want to use Mac OS like you give them a Mac OS computer like you're not gonna give them a Windows computer because it's slightly cheaper uh, so like that's like the thing right. Uh, so at the end of the end of the day, it's 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 here the Mac Pro. And uh, don't buy it. Talked about don't it. buy the Mac Pro. <laughs> I mean, if unless you have this, like, I mean, if if I'm not like, this is one of the signs where we can't really give advice because it's like, who are we giving advice to? Well, I mean, you bought like the Mac Pro gaming PCs, right? Like you, I like, mean, no, uh, yeah, I mean, like, you have a 2080 if, Ti. You, you got a big. I mean, boy. yes, but like it's it's for it's not for like creative use. I mean, I could use it for that. But I don't. But it's, it's well, I mean, like, actually, your computer is actually pretty inefficient for how much you spent for it if you did create use right like you'd have been far better just getting like an amd um an amd processor in it i mean i yes i mean i i didn't i had a very like my pc is this was like i had a goal in mind which was 1440p uh 144 hertz gaming like it was a very specific very i mean how much overwatch probably runs at like what 200 consistently on your monitor yeah, I, I mean, it runs like it's, 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 it runs an ultra of 144, and it's, it's, uh, it's, but it's probably like peaking, it's probably peaking past like 144, though, in terms of how many frames it puts out. Yeah, it probably is, but I limit the frame rate because there's no point in me going past my Marta's frame rate. No, there but is. I, you get the lower input latency, you know? No, it's, it's, it's barely noticeable. It's, it doesn't matter. Uh, but like, I mean, I guess at that point, right? You're already, you're already at the top percentage of players, right? In terms of performance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's really not like, I mean, I, I like, I got it also like because it, it gives, me like especially at like what 4040p like some games can't really run it at more than 60 fps but you can run it at ultra like this for example the game that made me want to get this was assassin's creed odyssey because on my last my rig before this i couldn't get assassin's creed odyssey to run at 1080p 60 at like high or even like uh, ultra i definitely couldn't get it but even at high because my cpu was bottlenecking right like I mean, like the CPU was just not able to keep up with the in- like with the with the amount of stuff happening uh, in the game, so I had to get a CPU that was fast, had a higher clock count, and also like had more cores uh, because uh, Ubisoft's new engines really do take do advantage of multiple cores. So now I have to get a system that can ha- that has more cores. So like it is a very specific use case. I'm not. I didn't build it for for like. Uh, Adobe software or like video editing or whatever, right? Like, I mean, I could still do that. Like, I, I bet this PC could like definitely handle some work like that. So it's like, it's not like, it's not. It's not no, I mean, we buy our computers for what we need, right? Like, I'm using as much as we joke about me trying to become a PC gamer but failing at it, right? Like, the reason I want a MacBook Pro is I needed something portable and I needed to run like logic, right? I need to do like dev work, which I could have on Linux and I needed to do audio editing and I don't. Don't and I know I know Audacity exists and there's other stuff, but like I my lo- I have like a specific workflow. You need you need your logic workflow and your logic is like your you like that's the thing that's what I was talking about. It's like you are you use logic, you have you have learned this all these tool I learned this tool and like it's like all the modules. I would if I had a if I switched and I had to learn audition, I would cry. It would be just so like it'd be so much wasted time, right? Like, this is part of the reason I won't switch back to Windows because like logic works well enough. I have this workflow and I don't want to reset it all up. I just don't want to like relearn it because it's wasted time. Yeah, it's yeah, see this is yeah, so this is the thing. I'm, right now I'm like I'm on Windows, right? And I'm like, 
I am Windows, uh, partially because I'm Windows, because, well, video games are, like, that's, like, I mean, I'm not spending all this, like, I'm not buying RTX 2080 Ti and running Linux on this, like, what's the point? Like, what's, what's the... I mean, honestly, you probably have a worse time using NVIDIA's binary blob drivers on Linux anyways. <laughs> it's like, what, what am I going to do with Linux? Like, I'm not, I'm not buying this for compute purposes. Like, this GPU is not for compute. This GPU is not... I mean, look, you can do Blender render tests all day and post in the Mastodon. Oh my god, fucking... It's like buying a $2,000 GPU and running, like, Minecraft on it? Like, I mean... Anyways, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm, let's not, let's not, before, before, before we piss off every Linux user that listens to our podcast, uh... <laughs> Thank you for listening, uh, but also uh, stick around uh, because uh, I, I don't actually hate Linux. I was just a uh, just little bit of realistic talk about what this expensive computer is for. But so you can uh, let me wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Uh, we, you can find us as always, twoshadesofbrown.com. You can, uh, the contact email as always, contact at twoshadesofbrown.com. Send us your workflows i don't know talk to us about your workflow do you use vim do you use emacs i want to hear about it if you have a if you have an expensive fancy desktop and you use linux what for outside of dev work because i mean there's use cases but like i'm I'm curious like hit us up with that because let's say you have like a fancy graphics card and you have like a core i9 or even a thread ripper like if you're doing web dev work, right, you could probably just get by on like a Core i5 and like a 10 and a 1660. Yeah, yeah. But like, what if, like, if you, if you, okay, if you have a high end uh, PC with a high end GPU and you use Linux, like, uh, what sort of workflows are you, like, I want to, I want to hear about like what, what, what software are you running? Uh, like, are you, like, are you, is it like a build machine? Do you build like some software that takes a lot of cores to build? Or do you, are you using for like GPU compute work? Like, I know that's, that's the thing that uh, some people do on Linux, by the way, is, is, yeah, machine learning workflow. Right, like building out those kinds of models. That there's definitely like there's valid use case for. It. I'm just interested. Yeah, definitely use cases. So I want to hear about it. So if you if you do that kind of thing, talk to me about it. If you use the GPU for compute stuff, also let's talk about it. Like what what do you do with your GPU that's not video games, right? I definitely like these GPUs can do a lot of work that is not video games. So let's let's talk about that. Do you use those quadro GPUs as well? Those are the compute GPUs that Nvidia makes. Uh, so contact at twoshadesofbrown.com. You can find me on 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 the Fediverse at at packetcat at tenforward.social. And Joseph, where do people find you on the internet? Y'all can find me online at chosenfind.website, and you can find me on Mastodon at chosenfind.chitter.xyz. And with that, goodbye. Bye.